Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. And you can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, 918-800-1188. And uh, joined today by Nick. Nick, thanks as always for your time. Thanks for coming on. It's been quite a journey over the past couple of years. And we wanted to announce a new platform, new page for people to find you, right? Uh, yeah. Still reach out, Nick, at Vegas. At Nick at VegasRides.com. Uh, but to come find Nick now on social, go find him at uh, HyperCleanNick. Yeah. How's Big that weekend. Going? Big weekend. Uh, you know, we're just getting started. Had to jump through some hoops, you know, to like do a certain number of posts really quickly to kind of get the page going and uh, so we're going to be uh, our idea. I think we should share it. Our idea is to is to be more detailing centric on that page. Talk about our formulas. Talk about how we're using them on cars. Show more of an everyday life use uh, for those DIYers, professionals. We get you know I've gotten so many text messages and emails about. I wish you guys had more in depth. So we're headed down that road. This is the first step. You know, we have some things in the works that we're going to try to get more in depth and, you know, kind of help people out more that way. And this is just kind of the first step. I think it's also going to be cool to see all the different cars, right? You know, yeah. for all the different cars that you guys touched. Now we don't get to see everything that your company touches, yeah. but yeah. to be able to see some of those and to be able to walk through and, and, and look at them. And you guys really do a lot of really neat different cars that not everybody's going to get to see. So they'll also get to see that, which is, was really unique. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have another plan, uh, you know, for our longer form content to be able to show showcase some cars, normal cars too, um, detailing processes and how we use our products and things like that. So we got some things in the works some things we even did this morning. So, I think people are going to be shocked at how quickly uh, Vegas rides and hyper clean are going to look different in the Las Vegas market here. If we can make some things happen. Definitely. All right. So today I am uh, cracking open uh, a beer that I sent you and it's one that, you know, Hey, we, we both like ultra. You are though. That is your beer, right? Yep. Ultra is the one it's your go-to. Yeah. We both really enjoyed. I specifically would drink it all the time. Would drink, uh, the Michelob Ultra Cactus line. Oh, so um, good. So good. Yeah, so good. Uh, we both had the similar sentiments. I'll let you describe yours. Mine was more like, what the hell? Like, why did they change? This was years ago for anybody that, that didn't ever drink it. You know, it, what, at least five or six, right? I mean, it's been, it's been many years since they had Cactus Lime. Yeah. Yeah. And not even a lot of, because Michelob Ultra was still especially if now you're of the age where you're trying to drink lighter beers, you wouldn't have drank lighter beers in your younger years yeah. if you weren't, you know, so only a certain group is going to remember cactus line, right? It, it was a very specific beer for people that wanted a light beer and enjoy yep. the flavor. I loved it. I, I enjoyed the liminess to it. It wasn't over the top. I thought it was a very natural tasting flavor when they changed it and came out with infusions I was excited until I started drinking it. 
And I don't remember drinking more than, I think maybe I tried it again a second time, but I know that first six pack didn't go so well. I think after that second six pack, I never bought it again until this weekend, right? Like taking a road trip, going to go see a buddy of mine. The plan was on Saturday, sit at the pool, be outside. And I, I, I was sitting at the gas station, grabbing some, some different things. I looked at the, the beer and I, I just, oh, huh. Is that a new infusion? Michelob Ultra infusion. And it, now they say infused with exotic fruit. So, so, so uh, yeah, I'm fucking pumped. I'm excited. And I see this pictures of some, some cool looking fruit on the, the, the outside of the box. And I'm going sweet. Like I grab it. Don't even think twice about it until I open it up and I drink it. Fucking egg. Like Dan so Marker's got me. It's the it's, same thing. It's so bad too. Yes. Like if you go back to that, just pure lime. You know, and now, you know, for those that are Bud Light drinkers, Bud Light Lime. I mean, even, I don't even like Bud Light, but Bud Light Lime, the pure lime just makes it better. It's a better formula. Dude, it's Michelob Ultra Lime was so popular that it was hard to find. Only certain stores would ever have enough stock of it here locally in Vegas. And for it to change, it was weird at the moment that it happened because you're like, Everyone you ever talked to liked it. It was the strangest thing ever. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it, it was a great beer that no longer exists. It was like, I don't know if you ever remember, and maybe you still have it in the Midwest, but we can't really, we don't see it out here is the old Michelobes with the gold uh, top. It's basically a brown bottle and it's a gold MGD? like foil top. Yeah, no, uh, that's Miller Genuine Draft. Oh, yeah. Um, Michelob used to have, uh, it was just called Michelob. And Michelob Light actually is what it was called. And it had a gold foil. That was also a great beer. I think they still make it, but it's not widely, you know, probably more like around the brewery, you know, meaning wherever it is, like it's big in St. Louis or whatever. But yeah, that was another great beer that they just kind of alienated. But for people that don't know, I think Ultra is like the biggest selling beer or becoming the biggest selling beer for Anheuser-Busch. So it's like a brand that's become massive. And if they just had Michelob Lime like they used to, I got to believe it's a home run. Somebody has messed this whole thing up. Well, I was excited, right? I mean, I was, I was very excited that they had changed, right? I was like, cool, we're out of the, the one that they had. They got new flavors. And I just presumably thought, like, because I was going to grab some, a seltzer, right? I was going to grab a couple of things because I was like, you know what? We're, doing, we're going through seltzers on the community pub. I'm like, it's going to be nice and warm. Like, let's grab some seltzers. But then I saw this and I was like, Oh, I wonder, right? I guess it's like, well, maybe they've needed to make some adjustments, but is what it is. But anyway, so it was interesting. So we hopped in, the, we hopped in, drove to Oklahoma City. Now it's one of those debacles of a day, right? If you ever had them where you're late to go somewhere and then you're late in this and yeah. you can't do that. Then we get there and we can't swim because it's raining, you know, blah, 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 is what it is. We still had a great time visiting friends. But some of the questions that were talked about with me and my buddy and then with some other people is, the difference to the way kids are today, right? And and it's funny because I remember my dad and I'm sure his dad, everybody, everybody generation just goes, well, kids these days, right? Like oh, yeah. uh, some of the, the quote unquote <laughs> kids these days was, you know, kids these days, they're just always on their phone. And I go, well, geez, what, what else are they going to do? I would have, when I took a road trip, 100%. we had a, one of those big giant conversion vans. I don't know if like oh, yeah. big, huge vans. Those you know, are like, sweet. 
And oh, it worked for us because it had these little captain chairs that we could chairs, sit in, yeah. we could pull back. I could like lean back, right? And as a kid, I was loving that. But if I ever got too bored, which happened about like that, I would jump to the backpack and you could lay down that divan. And we had this small little TV that that probably wasn't even as big as my screen is today with some little rabbit ears. And if we could get in the right spot as we're driving down the highway, right, we could yeah. watch a couple shows. Yeah. Right. Kids that time, we watched TV. Kids today do nothing but be on their phones. Now, I was the type of parent that I gave my kids a phone early. I knew that it was going to be that way. So I wanted it right in their hands, but not everybody's that way. Right. Kids these days. Oh, yeah. Kids these days are different. Oh, yeah. Now, is some of their difference, this is one of the questions that, that I had chatted back and forth with a couple of people, right? Are they different, right? Technology is going one way and they're, they're yeah. just going to adapt, right? They're going to love it. They're going to love bright screens. I think, right? I think your daughter just, oh, yeah. just, just grabs it. It's crazy. Screen, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you almost got to keep them out of the room because she's getting to that age where it's like, she knows what it is. She's going to go for it. She knows it's the brightest thing. She knows it's the most entertaining thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, they're geniuses. I mean, let's be honest, whatever is going on with the phone technology, they've got you figured out. I mean, they, it's addicting. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, it, it is the answer, right? If a kid's doing something or causing like you give them that and it handles them for a moment. Oh yeah. It is. The, it is. The, 100%. Now, what was different for me as a kid, right? If I could sneak back there and I could entertain myself for a brief moment, but for the most part, I couldn't. And I had to, be still, or I had to entertain myself, right? Kids these days, is some of the non being able to, you know, entertain themselves, is that part of the, this culture that we developed with, this is a funny joke, right? Is, is if you go to participate in something and you got a sixth place trophy, you got a fourth place trophy, right? All these different things, the way culture has changed itself. Now kids can't be asked to take care of themselves, to, sit still to tuck in their shirt to comb their hair to you know yep. all the different things right what are your thoughts on that well i think the participation trophy culture has hurt a lot of people right because here's how it was and again this isn't like hey this is back in my day i i don't normally care but you got a first a second and a third place trophy that's what you got in a lot of instances, the first place trophy embarrassed the other two trophies. I mean, it was rather large, and these other things were more like participation trophies. And it created a culture of you wanted to win. <laughs> I mean, there was no like if, ands, or buts about it. So for entertainment, my buddies, we went out and played hoops, played baseball, played football. You know, we played a game in football that I don't even think you're allowed to say anymore. Smear the you know what. I mean, that you know, you're not allowed to even say that anymore. But it's like it it I don't know that it was right or wrong, right? It was just the reality of the time was you were not gonna be rewarded for showing up. And some of the most competitive leagues today for kids, they're not participating in the participation trophy thing either. So most of the kids getting top scholarships are coming out of things that are still hyper uh, win or lose, right? You either win or you lose. And there's a learning in that, right? There's a learning curve of how do you lose? How do you win? You know, what happens after you, do you work harder after you win or lose? There were all these kind of weird lessons you learned just by proxy of not wanting to lose, not wanting to not get a trophy. 
were you ever on a team or did you ever hear growing up that winning's not important? Hell no. I never heard that once in my life. Not, I mean, I've, I hear it now. I would, I mean, my, my dad would have flipped. Like he was, I mean, my dad was the ultra silent guy that stood in center field or sat away from the parents. Never really, he's just a silent guy. That's how he is. But uh, the winning, you know, or, or winning isn't every, that, that's bullshit. That, that wasn't going to fly in my, the way I was raised. Now, <laughs> right or wrong, that was, I think, across the board for all my friends and, and the people that I grew up around. But we had ultra competitive town. Like we had guys that went and played pro sports. We had guys that went through college and were special athletes and those types of things. So I, I think you look at it and you say, competition to me is, is the greatest thing ever. And, and I'm not into the participation trophy mindset that that permeates the world now so a couple months ago or so you remember we talked and i've said it openly when we had when i was going through uh uh it was i guess wait late last year when i went through and repainted the house right uh last summer we tried to do it with the girls and it was funny like hey let's repaint it didn't quite work right it sucked it was brutal uh and so i had somebody come in and just paint the house well at that point in time we had to clear everything out uh, in my youngest daughter's closet was a lot of participation trophies. Now, when she got those, it meant the world to her. When it came time to ask her what she wanted to keep, those weren't in the bucket to keep. Yeah. So we threw away a lot of plastic of this shiny figure trying to kick a ball or do something that really meant nothing. It had no value whatsoever because you know, my, she might have done well or tried hard or, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of, well, a couple of years later, she didn't even value it to keep it as a memory because evidently it didn't really mean much to her. Yeah, right. And my, you know, it, it doesn't. Right. And I, I think we all learn that is that it, it's great to get something essentially for free because I showed up. I'm just going to defend what I did. Well, when you don't win or you don't do something really well, then as time marches on, you start to say to yourself, uh, yeah, that, that wasn't that good. And, and I think, you know, the participation trophy culture has leaked into the detailing world. I I think we see it all the time. Um, I think you can look at the ceramic coating world and how detailers react to these pro only type of coatings. But because I went to a training or because I've participated in these five steps for this certain company, I'm going to defend everything. doesn't matter if it's a great product. doesn't matter if it's the product is technologically up to date. It doesn't matter, right? I'm just going to go online in forums or I'm going to, uh, pardon me, in Facebook groups and things like that. And I'm just going to defend it to the end because I participated in so many of these things that now I feel trapped that I got to defend it. And I think it's the participation trophy part of our industry is this, this training culture. Look, we're, we're all for people getting training. There's a line though, of where it's valuable. Okay. All right, so you say that, but I, that's, hearing you talk through that, I go, you know, you and I've been pretty open about not going to trainings and reasons for not needing just a certificate on the wall. Cause you know, whether that's from a, a group that you got to pay in, you know, yearly, or whether that's a, a group that you go in and, uh, you know, 
abide by their quote unquote training where you're going to get a t-shirt and a bottle and a couple little things. They're going to tell you about some stuff and you're going to pay 800 bucks, right? Like, yeah. however it is that we've talked about it in the past, then to hear you say that we would support a training or a certificate, explain what you might mean. Yeah. You know, there are some people that gather confidence from chasing those types of trainings and it helps their business because it makes them more confident. It's not that they get a lot out of the training. It's just chasing that education is, is something that makes them feel confident about their business. That's a perfectly reasonable thing to be. It, it, it is. What we've said is just remember if a hundred people go to your training and let's just call it a ceramic coating training. doesn't matter. Okay. It could be a general skills training, could be a certification for uh, uh, an association. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm not picking on any of this. I'm just using it as an example. We have a hundred people come to a certification for our company. How many of those people are going to be great at what they do when they leave that certification? The same amount that came in 10, 10% of the general public is great at the job or the career that they choose. No amount of training is going to change that number. And here's what I mean by participation trophy culture. If we know that 10% of people are going to do great work, why am I sitting here, if I'm in that 10%, defending this culture of participation because I'm with this company because they train everybody? How many times have you read that? It's pro only and they train people and that's what I'm going to support. Terrific. But 10 of the 100 are going to be great at what they do. So you're supporting the 90% that are getting a participation trophy because they paid the money and because they spent the eight hours at the training. I don't look at it that way. I just want to know, are guys doing good work? I don't care what coding they install. Are they doing right for their customer? That's what we all care about or should care about. But it's amazing to watch the participation trophy mentality permeate so many things in our industry. And ceramic coding training is, is and a lot of trainings are this way. Because that guy attended that training, that's going to help our industry. 10% are going to be great at what they do. 10% of attorneys are great at what they do. 10% of doctors are great at what they do. You've been to the doctor before. How many doctors have been great? Not very many, because you know why? There's 10% that are great. There's a few that are above average and good. 75% of the people in an industry are going to be average, below average, and terrible at what they do. That's the percentage breakup. 25% are going to fall above average and 10% are going to be great. That's the statistics that everybody says. Is this the, the Nick Walter stats? or No, this is what you see when you talk to people that research an industry. How many companies are operating at an elite level? How many are just average from a revenue perspective? When you look at business statistics as a whole, you're not going to get, I mean, think about this. How many people in the NBA finals are going on right now? How many NBA players are in the top 10%? There's like 400 players in the NBA. Do you think there's even 40 unbelievable NBA players? No, the number is somewhere between 10, 15, or 20. Yeah, yeah. I was okay? gonna say 10 to Those 20. doesn't mean that the other people aren't good. It's just in their profession, they're not Kevin Durant. They're not LeBron James. They're not, you know, those types of guys. And that's what so many people forget is that we are arguing for their participation through these things oh, I'm with this company because they do training and this and that. And I can share one of my stories with one of the more reputable uh, brands that I think does a good job. And I won't use their brand name here, 
but they certified three people years and years ago here in town. I wasn't one of them, but I was putting the coating on. They just sent it to me. So the sales rep kept saying to me, oh, you know, we're, this guy's killing it. This guy's killing it. Here was the problem. Just through my business, we had to sand five cars with a value combined of over a million dollars that he destroyed with coating. As we talked to other detailers, that number that we could confirm was well over $3 million in cars. Now, by what the sales rep had told me, the number was probably about 12 or $15 million worth of cars this guy ended up destroying. And guess what? He's still installing for this company today. You want to know why? The company can't control him. He went through the participation trophy and did all of their steps. So what are they going to do? They're not in quality control, right? They're not. But this guy is installing coating, still does it today. I know detailers that would tell the same story. They had to sand coating off. This is when coating wasn't as friendly as it is now. But there's going to be people on the forums defending that brand and not realizing that they have somebody here in Las Vegas that's destroyed 15, 20, 30 million in cars. Who knows what his number's up to now, six, seven years into doing this? Because they can sell a lot of work. And so participating in all of these check marks, I went to this training, I paid this fee, I took this class, doesn't ensure anything. And yet all day, every day online, that's what people use to defend why they use a coding that's, that's, you know, something they like. But it's always these like buzzwords of participation trophy thought processes that I find interesting. And and I guess there's some detailers when I, when I think through it, as I've seen plenty in the groups that have talked about wanting a certificate, or I've then reached out in, in a DM, or I've even put it there in the group questioning, you know, not, not coming at them, but questioning why. Like, why do you think you need that certificate? And in their defense, they say, well, we have had some people ask. So um, some of those people, could they also be some of the customer base is also in a theory into needing some type of trophy, some type of, Hey, here's this thing on the wall. Here's this thing that might validate. Like, so is the overall culture around coatings, not just with detailers, but maybe these brands that have been so dominant in marketing and in advertising heavy into why you should get their training that some of their YouTube videos, some of what they've done to market themselves has also gone around to some people that watch them light cars on fire, that watch them hit their cars with cigarette lighters on YouTube, right? Like those, those get millions of views and we don't have millions of detailers. So there are millions of people that watch and absorb their, uh, well, their content, or as some might say that their propaganda, um, and they begin to put out their propaganda. And that overall gets into the culture that's already feeding into, hey, here's a trophy, hey, here's a trophy. And then there might be a few that ask for your trophy, hey, I need to know that you have a trophy that you participated in that league. Like, yeah, sure, I guess there could be one or two. But yeah, do you think overall that the car care culture, you know, the overall call care, car care industry is needing certifications or 
is that just a, a thing of the past? Yeah, we, we've talked about it and people always reference, hey, mechanics get paid a lot more because they go through certification, right? Um, okay, but there's a lot more bad mechanics in your town than there are great mechanics. There are a lot more mechanics in your town overcharging people or not doing quality work. Or, so what is certification really solved? It isn't that I don't, I mean, I went to college, graduated college, you know, like I believe in education my daughter's going to go to college or things like that. Okay. So my whole family believes in education. You, you believe in education. I just don't believe in the participation trophy thought process. Meaning I went to school with a lot of guys that graduated. You wouldn't want them to be your accountant, plain and simple, but they have an accounting degree. They are a CPA. And if they were your accountant, you would end up audited hundred percent. I know guys, my buddies that went to law school, I would never hire them to be my lawyer. Now, some of them, I would call and say, hey, can you be my lawyer? But very few. I just don't think the certification thing has solved anything. I think we've wanted it to, and we've given a great effort to make it solve a problem. But you're never going to solve the problem of, there's a, there's a flip side to after you leave the training. You have to institute the process. You have to stick to the process. You have to do quality work. You got to be a quality human being as a business owner. You got to be willing to take the hits when you make a mistake. And you got to be able to sell it because doing it the right way, this is what I've always told customers about getting your car painted. A really quality paint job is about 20K. You want to know why? Because there's about two people in, on the West Coast that I would trust to paint my car because they're going to do the prep work. And how long did it take them to get the reputation that they did it right year after year after year? And guess what? Can detailers be honest with themselves and say, hey, look, man, there's some good detailers in my, in my town. They do good work. Sure, we all can admit that. There's good detailers in Las Vegas. But there's a hell of a lot of bad ones. And they all went to certifications. And they all got this certification or that certification. Or they joined this association or that association. What does it change? That human being then has to go back to a shop and implement all that stuff. And we're just not honest that the participation trophy pushed them through the system and now they can do whatever they want on the other side. They want to sell a coating for 500 bucks and slap it on and not wipe it off. There's not a company in town or not a company in this world that's going to stop selling coating to them. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. It's just not going to happen. So I don't understand defending it. I, I just would like to see detailers say, Hey man, I use this coding because it makes my life easier because it's easy to install. It's right for my customer. They're up on the technology. Instead of using all of these other training, uh, pro only all these buzzwords that are kind of, you know, out of date, because I'll ask you this question, Marty, if I told people how I was trained to do paint correction in 1998, if I told people, I did three stages minimum, and a lot of times on softer clears, we would have to do four stages of paint correction with a rotary. Wool, medium cut, fine cut, and then jeweling on a soft car. Let me ask you a question. If I told people I was doing that today, they'd be like, that guy's outdated. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. Because you were using a rotary or because you did four stages? Because I did four steps. They would say, hey, the technology, the abrasive technology, you know, you can rotary and DA finish 
in two steps and you can achieve that result, right? Because technology got better. The weirdest part is, is that as coding technology has gotten better, we actively see people wanting to work with more finicky coatings in the defense of it's pro only. Like it has to be hard to install. Well, how many things in our life are easier today? Cell phones are easier to use. You and I said this to you earlier. Do you remember the old big screen? If you wanted a big screen TV in your house. We didn't have one. But you had a buddy that had one. I had a buddy that had one. Okay. It took you and everybody in that neighborhood to get that big screen into someone's house. Today, you can go down to the Best Buy, buy an 80-inch, and have it installed in five minutes. Here's what I don't think people, and there's a lot of people that listen that won't remember, but some of your old schools, old school motherfuckers like Nick <laughs> and I, you'll remember, right? That screen width wasn't this. When it was about here, we were like, golly, that's so thin. Never going to get thinner it, than this. Yeah, but generally it had this whole other back end, this big ass to it, right? Like it would come here and then it would just have this big giant ass. And it weighed you a billion have, pounds. Yeah, you would have one person on each side, one person here, one person. There, and a lot of times you'd have somebody in the middle trying to hold up this giant weight as you. And it wasn't even the big massive, right? Even just a college getting a, you know, a 20 inch TV, right? Like anything just to be able to watch them. I mean massively heavier than you know we've got now i did a video yesterday right as i'm i'm at home filling up coatings um my daughters are there we're we're watching some cartoons i always like to intermix my work with my life that's just the way i've always done it um i've got another daughter that is on the ground she's playing Fortnite. you know they don't understand that they just move this tv right like they can yeah. just pick it up themselves and just move it and these aren't these aren't giant right these are like yeah I don't know, 36 or 40 something. I mean, these aren't huge TVs. These are yeah. just general TVs that somebody would have. The technology has incredibly changed. Yeah, well, think about this. Now you have magnetic TVs. The next phase is going to be that you put these magnets on your wall and, and the wall, the, the TV is literally on the wall, meaning you don't need to, you just, it exists now. Like that's going to be the next evolution. And so the, the, the crazy thing is, is we're so accepting of things changing. And you're not saying, well, you know, that big heavier TV, you know, I was invested in that 15 years ago. Like, I'm not going to not invest in that now. Like I need to get my money's worth. You just bought a new TV. Like, Hey, this is out of date. I got to update it. And so the, the weird thing is, is that this participation trophy mentality goes beyond just the training part of it and beyond all the, the, the check marks and whatever, then you're, in this world where you're defending an out-of-date technology because you don't want to give up on all of these checked boxes you did with XYZ brand. And let me so tell you, the pro-only coding is, yeah. Yeah, what do you mean out-of-date technology? Well, multi-layer technology is, is out-of-date, plain and simple. If you're putting multiple layers of a coding, and again, it's your prerogative to do that. Just don't think that you're up-to-date on technology. See, there's a very big difference in taking the jump in July 2021 and saying, I have a graphene-infused coating. That's marketing hype. It's not proven. That, that technology is not proven. Okay? We don't want to go that far. But composite technology has existed now for well over five years because there's a Japanese brand that's been using composite technology almost their entire time, and they're the worldwide bottler for a lot of companies. They're one of the most respected producers of ceramic around the world. 
They are really used at some exclusive shops around the globe. And they've always been a single layer from their get-go. And they produce for almost every other brand that you would be surprised that they produce for. So here's the crazy thing. We're not out on a limb here. Globally, single layer is adopted a lot in other places that ceramic was bigger. Ceramic was much bigger in Asia before it was big here. Okay. For a variety of reasons, but they've accepted single layer technology forever. Now we're in a position where we're saying, Hey, we've been doing this five plus years with single layer and people will get in the, in the groups and go, you know, I love the multi-layer because it's, you know, only us, only we can install it. Well, is that right for your customer to use that outdated of a technology? I mean, the stories that we hear is really strange. And that the next part of it is when I put multiple layers on, one of the things that never gets discussed that we discuss on our slick page, the more that I wipe a car, the more likely it is I inflict damage or I leave a high spot. So if I have my staff putting three layers of coating on, okay, and you have your staff putting one layer of coating on achieving the same results, who's more likely to leave a high spot? Yeah. So that's, that's what I cared about. Yeah. I cared. I mean, look, here's one I was sent the other day by a detailer. Uh, put a marine layer coating, then a pro coating, and then a second layer of the pro coating. That's being sold today as, you know, unbelievable protection. And look, it's your life. If you're a consumer and that's what you love, hey, man, more power to you. I'm not trying to bash somebody doing what they want to do. But that is not up-to-date technology. And you aren't getting all of these benefits that you think you're getting by piling layers upon layers. One of the things that I learned very early on in ceramic technology is once that base layer is down, I'm getting very little return on every layer above that. I mean, it is very small return. And I think I learned that from all the installations I did is you could see the coating rejecting itself. You could see it acting funny. You could see it not laying on the same. All those things were happening. They're still happening today with certain ceramics. And again, I'm not trying to say one is right and one is wrong. I'm trying to say, I think the participation in all of these things makes guys defend it to the end. And the consumer loses because of that. The detailer loses, our industry loses. And I, I wish it just didn't happen, but it, I, I realize it's going to happen because it just infiltrated every part of our society from sports on down that if you participate, man, you should get this trophy and, and you should be able to have that trophy forever about how great you are. And, and the weird thing is, man, I think a lot of guys despise that, but don't realize that they're in that type of world. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I, I well, you know, as you're talking, I, I kind of, revisit the story in my mind where i had seen a, a friend on put on facebook right like took a photo of a car that they had gotten in that uh, they were going to need to fix the coating and so they were walking around showing the car walking through what all was gone on and this person has drank the kool-aid they, they've done the trainings they actually lead trainings themselves and do certain things for a brand right and in that post they talk about why somebody should not use anything other than a pro level coding because you're going to get these problems. Now, didn't ever say where that coding was from, didn't ever say who put it on. So 
overall is just a, a, a knock towards anybody that doesn't use a quote unquote certified coating, right? So they made the stance. They're the ones that put it out. The ironic part is to me is that this brand that they sponsor, that they, you know, that they're highly putting on a pedestal, you can actually go right onto Amazon. You can go right onto any other big uh, uh, wholesaler and buy the exact same brand. So it's interesting as the participation trophies get put out. Yeah. How little value, similar to my daughter, throwing away these plastic pieces <laughs> that were covered in just a fake uh, goldish look, right? To say to people, hey, you got to do this, and here's your trophy. And oh, by the way, <laughs> we can sell to anybody we want on all these other platforms. Yeah. I don't understand why you'd have to make such a point and why there needs to be this massive deal. And I think this is a culmination of, I guess, what I've debated over the past years is, why are we doing this? Yeah, What's the well, point of having these certifications? Yep. Yeah, and, you, and you've, you highlighted something. We all have to put our head around something is that coatings were really difficult to install eight, nine, 10 years ago. They were hell to put on cars. And if you didn't do them right, you had to sand entire panels. There was a real fine edge of the people that could actually do the work. And I was installing prototype coatings. Companies were sending me coatings. I was going through it all. Wet towel installations and leaving a high spot and have to sanding an entire Corvette door was a story of mine. There was a ton of risk in putting coating on 10 years ago. There's no risk in putting a coating on today. Coating technology is, is really easy to work with. Our Uno product is easier than any paste wax I used to install. Okay. That's just a fact. It's okay that things have changed. It's okay. Like you can charge less. You can bring more people into your business. You can still keep an elevated price. If you have the ability to sell that nobody's telling you right or wrong on your pricing, but to defend your pricing because coding is hard to install. I don't think is real life anymore. We, it's not 10 years ago. And so many detailers remember the beginning of the coding world. And you could charge $4,500 because you had so much risk that if you messed up, you were going to have to sand a door, sand a panel, sand a car. We're not there anymore. And why we don't celebrate it? We celebrate it with our cell phone. We love the fact that we can shoot 4K video and take video of our sons and daughters or cars we're doing. We celebrate the flat screen TVs we have now in every room in our house because they're so cost effective. We celebrate the fact that Nick doesn't have to do four stage paint correction every time he pick, you know, does a car. We celebrate all of these things flat out. I mean, we all embrace them. And it seems like ceramic is stuck in a moment. It's going to pass, but it's stuck in a moment where we're defending out of date and out of touch realities and it'll end. I don't know when that's going to be, but then we'll start to embrace this new composite technology more. We'll start to embrace the ease of installation because it actually is a benefit. If you ever installed the original coatings and you want to go back to the good old days, you don't have two brain cells. It was miserable. Miserable. You had to use a chisel to get this stuff off if you made a mistake. I would rather have it be easier, more readily available, easier for me to buy 
more cost effective for me to buy because I'll just figure out the business side of it on my end. I, I don't want a participation trophy. I want to win and make money in my business. That's what I care about. I don't care about the participation trophy thought process. I'm guessing you don't want to participate in keeping customers' cars for days either, because that's the the biggest part too that I've I've always wondered. Great if, point. If, if you want to participate in in business, why would you want to also have cars sitting in your shop for days? Right? Risk days. profile goes up. Risk pro- profile yeah. goes up. More likely you're going to back into the car. More likely that your new coating is going to get contaminated. More likely that one of your employees is going to bang up against the car. I mean, your risk profile for every minute you keep a car is exponential. And for people, you know, I always say this, there's two shop owners that I really respect that I stay in touch with, both on their way to building seven or already seven figure businesses. One is trying to be an eight figure business. And I would say in the detailing world, that's a unicorn. They don't use a pro only coding and they don't use a multi-layer coding. You want to know why? Because they're doing too many cars and it didn't show promise. It didn't give us customers a better experience. There was nothing about it that was better. Now I tell you, if somebody's going to do $10 million in detailing or more, should we probably listen to them? Yeah, I'd probably say so. I listened to them. I've known them a lot of years. Him and I don't agree on a lot of things. We have a very different viewpoint on certain things. We actually just had a huge conversation on a very, very expensive car that him and I have a relationship on that he did something I don't agree with. This isn't about agreeing with somebody. This is the best among us are transitioning away from making their life hard and not getting any benefit for their customer. That's the trade-off. If multi-layer was giving you a better customer experience, then defend it to the end but it really isn't. And that's what all these smart shop owners I know are transitioning away from. They don't want any part of the pro only market. They don't want any part of any of that. They want ease and great customer uh, experience. And let me tell you, multi-layer does not provide that compared to composite technology. Yeah. Hey, I, listen, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> definitely love it. Uh, this is, uh, no doubt, uh, a great way to end the, uh, in the episode, infusing in the idea of exotic fruits, uh, <laughs> <laughs> infusing in the idea of, uh, of having a participation trophy and everything. That's a, that's a great talk, man. Thanks. Uh, I don't know that I'm ever going to get this again. Hopefully, I hopefully I don't bite the bullet and, uh, Hey, why don't you be one of those guys that writes an email to Mick, to mm. Anheuser-Busch and say, can you please just bring back cactus lime? <laughs> if anybody wants to write that email, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I, I probably won't do it, but uh, would love for them to come back out with that. There's, there's no doubt that it made my life a lot easier. I could just drink my beer and be happy. For sure. Uh, cool, man. Uh, thanks for, thanks for discussion. Uh, enjoy your week, man. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Marty. See you, man. much for listening to that episode and if you got any value out of it hey go share it go let people know what you heard on the pints of polishing podcast and listen if you want to leave us a review we would love that you know five star one star hey whatever you think we deserve 
If you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.